1: On ESPN 700, Warren Mason Beck, J.P. Chunga, I'm Trevor Allen, Scott Funk producing behind the glass. Guess what, people? It's game day. And it's not just a regular game day. It's the rivalry game. Utah, BYU, the 98th chapter will be written tonight.
0: I was trying to come up with things that are comparable uh, for Utah as far as in the gravitas and the importance to the state. And it's bigger than jazz opening day, it's bigger than an Ann Taylor loft sale, it's bigger than the first day of school. This is the rivalry and it's, it's at a point where these two teams are in different directions starting the season.
1: It is, uh, and obviously BYU coming off of that uh, goose egg that they laid against uh, LSU down in New Orleans, 27 nothing, where they didn't even cross the 50-yard line. Um, yeah, it was kind of rough.
2: I think the scoreline on that game
1: is it, eh. It, 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 it didn't it, do LSU justice.
2: Well, it doesn't, uh, yeah, I don't feel like it. that truly reflects how bad BYU was in that game. They didn't cross the 50-yard line offensively that is absolutely crazy I think before the LSU game a lot of people thought BYU kind of had a chance against Utah and I think all of those people have changed their mind now
0: when you put it through the SEC converter of points 27 (laughs) turned into a hundred yes because at no point during that game did you think BYU was going to score points on this LSU defense that had made them completely inept running the ball. They had negative five rushing yards, and they made Tanner Mangum basically look like a backup quarterback throwing for 97 yards and getting sacked so many times. LSU put a beatdown on BYU that adjusted BYU's fans' expectations going into this game and affected, frankly, the status of this game going forward.
1: We do have a lot to get to. Coming up today on on the show, we will have Dirk Facer of the Deseret News. He covers the Utes, and uh, he'll give us his thoughts on the Holy War. He's been covering this thing for a long, long time and is a good friend of mine. Uh, People around the state love him and his articles up at the the Deseret News, so make sure you check that out. And then uh, coming up at 11.10, we'll check in with Mitch Harper, our, our weekly hit with him of ESPN 960 covers the BYU Cougars. He he also contributes to a lot of media outlets. He's all over the place, does a great job for ESPN 960-Hour sister Station. But first, Warren, there's also a big game tonight, but it's north of the border.
2: Yes, Real Salt Lake's in Vancouver. Um, I'm just really excited that Real Salt Lake is back and playing again. I hate international break. It's my least favorite thing ever. Um, so they're playing against a Western uh, Conference opponent, Vancouver's currently sitting in fourth place, but the last time Real Salt Lake played against them, it was at Rio Tinto Stadium and we walloped them three to zero. Uh rusnak Snack, and Mole Holland all had goals in that game. Uh kickoff at eight o'clock, right here on ESPN seven hundred pregame at seven. We'll talk more about that later.
0: On Rewind one hundred. Oh yes.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Rewind one hundred point seven, we will be carrying the holy war tonight. I for I I knew that until this very moment when I said it.
1: Yeah, they kind of. It's like a fifteen to twenty minute difference between start times. So yeah. you're either going to have to flip over channels, have two radios going, or if you're going to be watching it on TV, you're going to have to hit that last button a lot. Look on your tune CD in remote. on your
2: radio to one of them, and yeah. then use the app on your phone for the other.
0: And, and, I mean, football is very friendly with commercials. They're going, they're going to be yes. pumping in. Maybe too friendly. They're going to be pumping in so many during this BYU-Utah game. You can flip over oh, yeah. to the RSL game. There's
2: plenty of time to flip over.
1: Because there's hardly any commercials. There's <laughs>
2: only commercials during halftime, pregame, and postgame. That's
0: why it's the perfect sport. I, I don't know why amazing. this this sport doesn't um get more acclaim for how TV-friendly it is. Because you get 45 yeah. minutes, break, halftime. You're back. Another forty-five, and then you're done. Two-hour investment.
2: Yep. There's um. There's one TV channel. I think it might be Fox. I don't remember for sure right now, but they will. They make the screen like the soccer game a little smaller, and they put in like a weird like corner ad, and I hate it. But like you're still watching the game, and you don't even have to. Half the time, you don't even notice that little corner. Is isn't like stop the match. Yeah, we need to
1: take a break.
2: Except for in college soccer, so, things get weird in college soccer, but that's because it's the United States.
1: Yeah, so uh, we're not going to bash on commercial breaks because that's what pays our paychecks. <laughs> yes, just saying. <laughs> just saying. There's is a it's difference. Very,
2: yeah, it's commercial or it's listener friendly soccer wise.
1: I mean, it's not like you're not going to hear ads when you when you watch soccer because they have the live ones. Yes. So either way, our our great sponsors get the get all the love that they deserve no matter what it is all right before we get into any more trouble
2: (laughs) we're not gonna get in trouble
1: hey you never know uh by the way for college game day you know how they always do the picks between the guys uh at the end and corso does the the mascot head um one of the games that they picked was utah byu all for desmond howard lee corso kirk herbstreet and the guest picker was eddie george former ohio state running back nfl tennessee titans I'll uh, pick Utah to beat BYU and to make it seven straight in the Holy War. All right, uh, and then just some of the college scores going on. Right now, Louisville, which is ranked number 17 in the in the country, already on the board, 3 nothing over North Carolina, who is not very good since Mitchell Trubisky went to the NFL, which, by the way, I'm glad that the NFL is back. I don't know about you guys. It was fun to watch a game on Thursday night.
3: I
0: wasn't excited about it going in, I'll be honest with you.
1: Because you're just a hater.
0: Well, because it was Chiefs-Pats. I I expected the Pats to run over them. But then, like many things, expectations low, the game (laughs) exceeded those, Bang, it was a great sports night.
1: Everyone's problem with the Chiefs was Alex Smith, game manager, one of those guys who can't throw it deep. Let's not act uh, like he's he's yeah.
0: all of a sudden a different quarterback. He's he is. Still, he's still a game manager. I, I hated this on Twitter. And every, <laughs> every game that Alex Smith has that's good all of a sudden becomes a, an indicator that he has turned a new leaf. Do you know how many games he has thrown over
1: 300 yards? Now, hold on. Three games. You need to quit <laughs> comparing him to Aaron Rodgers because that's not fair to Alex Smith.
0: People who I'm just saying this, and and this might get me some heat, and I'm all right with it.
1: Which, by the way, on Twitter, he's at JP underscore Chunga. At anyway. JP
0: underscore Chunga, I'm okay. <laughs> Go ahead and at him. Defenders of Alex Smith defend mediocrity. That's all I I want <laughs> to achieve greater than mediocrity, greater than average. Wow. It's not that Alex Smith has not done well for himself. He has. 13 years in the NFL is an accomplishment. But to understand how you want to play in a professional league, you want to play at a better-than-average level. And Alex Smith hasn't been doing that. All right. (laughs) We'll get into this later.
1: He just Wow, you guys can (laughs) at him all you want. (sighs) But uh, anyway, we're going to head out to the phone lines here in just a minute. I just want to give you guys the scores around the Pac-12 conference coming up today at noon. Colorado taking on Texas Tech. That'll be on the Pac-12 Networks. 2.30 on Fox, Oregon against Nebraska up at Austin Stadium. And at 3 o'clock on the Pac-12 Networks, On actually two games at 3 o'clock on the Pac-12 Networks, so I think it just depends on which region you're in. Hawaii on the road in the Rose Bowl taking on UCLA. Weber State here locally will be on the road taking on the Cal Bears. And then at 6 o'clock, it's going to be a doozy. Number 7 Washington taking on Montana on the Pac-12 Networks. But then the big one, I know that JP is very excited about this one. Number six, USC hosting number 14, Stanford on Fox. That one's at 6.30 at 8 o'clock. Oregon State taking on Minnesota at home on FS1. Number 20, Washington State hosting Boise State at 8.30 on ESPN. ESPNU will have Arizona and Houston from Tucson and Arizona State. And San Diego State will go to battle in Tempe on the Pac-12 networks at 9 o'clock. All right. We're going to head out to the phone lines now and bring in my good friend, a guy who I've gotten to know over the last seven years that I have been working in radio. He's been covering the Utes a lot longer than I've been working at ESPN 700, and he does a great job. That's why he's holding said job. We're going to head out to Dirk Facer of the Deseret News joining us here on Sports Saturday. Dirk, how are you, man?
3: I'm doing well. How are you guys today?
1: Doing good. Uh, it's a little bit of a different feeling. I mean... Compared to a week ago, it was just, hey, college football is here. Now it's, okay, the Holy War. Um, First off, why, why don't we backtrack just a little bit, Dirk. We'll end up getting to the Holy War, trust me. But give us your thoughts on Utah's win against North Dakota last Thursday.
3: Well, I think it was kind of as expected. I don't know what you guys thought, but I mean, you know, I don't think the outcome was ever in danger. Utah obviously had the superior team. Uh, wasn't super flashy, but, you know, openers are, tend to be very vanilla, and that was vanilla, and uh, a win is a win. I think that's kind of the best way to sum it up. You know, Tyler Huntley was impressive, uh, did some good things. Zach Moss did some good things. Darren Carrington, obviously, uh, stepped forward. But, uh, you know, I don't think we learned a heck of a lot about the team. I just think uh, it went as expected. What's your thought on that, Trevor?
1: I just thought that, Obviously in openers it's gonna be a little ugly as we saw with Tyler Huntley uh throwing throwing that pick on that first drive. It was just something that he's just trying to get comfortable, and Tyler Huntley said uh, you know, on Monday that he started getting comfortable probably after that third play, and it, it really showed that he he was really comfortable in Troy Taylor's offense and that it's really kind of an open book there, that he has so many options. And, you know, Dirk, you were there. They they've actually been saying it all during all of fall camp that they have so many options and so many weapons to be able to use in this offense and it's kind of free flowing and it's just based off of what you think is going on with the play i really thought that Tyler Huntley was getting very comfortable and normally Dirk and and as you as you've seen throughout the last i don't know 10 years when when they've been changing coordinators there's a lot more adjustment and it didn't seem like that in this game at least for the in the opener
3: yeah you know i think you saw Saw some things that, you know, that you expected to see. But then you also saw some tweaking that. Tyler Huntley, you know, remained confident even after throwing that early pick. Obviously, I think he rushed for two touchdowns, passed for another, you know. So, you know, he's a very confident, uh, confident kid. You know, even talking to him this week, asking about going down to Lavelle Edwards Stadium and having, you know, playing in front of 65,000 people and most of them not liking the guys in red. He's relishing that opportunity. He's just excited. And, you know, as he said, you know, last week, he says we're going to go down there and uh, take care of business, basically is what he said after the game the other night. So, you know, that pick didn't uh, rattle him at all. And, uh, you know, and Utah overcame it, obviously. And, uh, you know, there's some good things. Now, the one thing I think would be interesting to watch this week is if we'll go to some other targets. Carrington cut, you know, 10 passes and nobody else on the team had more than two and that's kind of what the uh, the passing game has been like the last couple of years. There really hasn't been a, you know, if you throw the Carrington's 10 out of there, you got a bunch of guys that catch a couple passes each game. So it'll be interesting to see if somebody else can step forward or if Carrington's just going to be one of those guys that catches 8, nine, ten passes a game and everybody else, you know, catches one or two.
0: Dirk Facer with us on ESPN 700. What was the main area of focus coming out of the North Dakota game that they wanted to shore up going heading into this rivalry game today?
3: Well, you know, it depends which coach you talk to, obviously. Uh, you talked to Jim Harding, uh, the offensive line. You know, he, he said they weren't up to Utah standards, and, you know, with four new starters, uh, they want to improve on that. You know, I think uh, you talked to Coach Wedd, He wants to clean up the penalties. They had, uh, I think, what, 11 penalties last week. They want to clean that up. They talked to the defense, and they weren't happy with uh, one sack, one takeaway. So they want to improve on that. So I think it kind of just depends which position you want to talk to. But in general, uh, Coach Witt wants to clean up the penalties, uh, and then he also wants to get uh, more sacks and more takeaways.
1: Dirk, with with you having covered this rivalry for so many years, obviously different different standpoints people look at. You know, during the Bronco Men Hall era, during the you know Mac and 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 Coach Edwards' uh, era, and and through all of those years. Now with Kalani Sataki and Kyle Whittingham being friends and having worked together here at Utah, what is what is the state of this rivalry right now? Is it is it in good shape, or 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 is it at least trending up?
3: You know, I like the fact that it's gotten a little more more friendly on the on the coaching front. I think the rivalry will be strong because the football games. Let's face it. You know, with the exception of that fifty-four ten game a few years back, the games have been fantastic, and I think uh, I think that's what it comes down to. And I think all this other crap on the side uh, needs to go away or be toned down. And, and I kind of like the uh, the attitude now, where there's you know mutual respect among the coaches. But you know, make no mistake about it. Kyle Whittingham wants to win this game. Connie Sataki wants to win this game. And that's what, you know, it's still just a game, but I kind of like how it's uh, kind of gone back to the football rather than all the other crud that goes around the, the rivalry game.
0: How do you see, uh, how is Tyler Huntley rather uh, taking on this game, being it his second game as a starter, and now all of a sudden he's thrown into the fire of this rivalry game?
3: Yeah, you know, I was surprised. I, I talked to him specifically about that, and he's just fired up. He's looking forward to this, you know, he. He's very, as I said earlier, he's very confident and he is, uh, he's looking forward to this and he's, you know, he relishes the opportunity. I he even mentioned to me that he's played in front of big crowds, uh, in high school ball in Florida. And I couldn't help, but I didn't have a chance to look it up. But I couldn't help, but think really 65,000 people in a high school game. I don't think so. I think he's, I think he's going to walk into that stadium today and kind of look around and his head may be spinning early, but he is very confident. And, uh, He's obviously very talented. So it'll be interesting. You know, they say you make that the biggest uh, improvement between game one and game two. And so I think the eyes will be on the quarterbacks today. I think, you know, Huntley and uh, Tanner Mangum, I think those will be the two guys that will be uh, the keys to the individual team successes today. And, uh, you know, Huntley's uh, very confident. And I don't know if Mangum is after that uh, performance against LSU. So you may have. Two guys bringing it from different uh, different sides of the spectrum.
1: Joining us here on Sports Saturday on ESPN 700 is Dirk Baser, Utah Utes beat writer for the Deseret News. Dirk, have you seen a quarterback as confident or more confident than what Tyler Huntley's been at least through now?
3: You know, you know, guys like Brian Johnson and even Alex Smith, who you're talking about, you know, those guys through the years of you know just had a a swagger of confidence when they take the field now, but Tyler Huntley, uh, you know, maybe it's his youth or whatever, but, but he actually says things, you know, he's, he's not really guarded in his comments about this week. You know, he was like, you know, mentioning that, you know, we don't lose to the guys down South and that, uh, and he's also saying things like, you know, we're going to go down there and take care of our business. And, you know, he's, he's talking the talk and now it's time to walk the walk. And, uh, he seems to be, uh, a guy capable of doing so. But, again, it's just his second game as a starter. And, you know, he's got to be a little bit in awe when he walks in that stadium and and sees what the rivalry game's all about.
0: Do you expect Troy Taylor to open up the offense here for the rivalry game?
3: I think he'll, uh, I I don't see why he wouldn't, you know. I mean, obviously, you know, there's this old adage, the only thing that matters, thought, that the only thing that matters for the Utes is Pac-12 play. But you know they've got what, San Jose State next, and then Arizona. Um, you know I'd say why not? You know I mean it's not like you got USC the next week, and that you're going to show. If you're Troy Taylor, you're probably going to show the offense as the games go on. But this is important important game. You know outside the Pac-12 play, obviously, given the uh, kind of lame old uh, non-conference schedule that you have, this is obviously a big game. But it's a big game in a lot of ways, even if it doesn't determine who goes to the Rose Bowl, you know, there's bragging rights. And, you know, it's a big deal to the kids in state because a lot of them have played against each other on both sides. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if things get opened up. I don't know why they wouldn't. I don't know what the, the, you know, point of holding it back for San Jose State and then uh, Arizona, you know, that's a pretty soft way to start Pac-12 play considering their schedule and the fact that they're not playing all the uh You know, they who is it? Is it Oregon State and um, Cal? That's not on their schedule this year in Pac-12. So they got a really tough conference schedule. So they may as well, you know, open it up and and start refining what they do and uh, make teams adjust to them.
2: Dirk, a lot of people are tending to lean towards Utah and a kind of a blowout, but for me, I think that these people aren't taking into account. The passion and the emotion of this rivalry, and I think that that will count for a lot more than they're giving it credit for. What kind of factor have you seen that play in past rivalry games?
3: Well, I think you just got to look at the last four games specifically and see, you know, that uh, they've been crazy. And people forget last year, you know, they were, you uh, know, Columbus Kentucky went for the two-point conversion. And I the loved win. You know, that. They, yeah, that game went right down to the wire, and all these do, and it's kind of like Coach Witt's been saying all week. He says, you know, you can look at what happened last week and try to analyze things, and if you look at, you know, BYU's offensive performance and just the way they played against LSU, and then, you know, we didn't learn a lot about Utah's win, but they did win. I mean, it looks like it would be a blowout, but then you've got to put the rivalry consideration in there, and uh you just never know it. So this, this rivalry has been fun. These games have been fantastic, and it doesn't seem to matter if uh, both teams are on top of their game the week before. You know they'll show up and they'll probably dig in their bag of goodies and pull out some surprises today. But you know I don't know how, what you guys thought, but I thought uh, going into the season that this would be a dangerous game for the Utes. And then uh, you watch the LSU game and you say, hmm, maybe not. You know maybe the Utes will blow these guys out. So it's like you said. It, The pendulum swings wide both ways. You know, one week it looks like the Utes would blow them out, and the next week, you know, before the season began, it looked like it could be a dangerous game for the Utes. So, you know, I think you've got to put that factor in there and expect this thing to go down the wire and uh, right up till midnight tonight.
1: All right, Dirk, I'm going to put you on the spot. Dirk Facer, Deseret News, Utah Utes beat writer, longtime writer for the Utes. Your favorite rivalry game that you've covered in your career – whether it's with the Crony or with the the Deseret News, is?
3: Boy, that's, you're making an old man think back many, many, many years. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate it. You know, the game that kind of comes to mind, especially, <clears throat> you know, it's been four years since he used to play in Pro Bowl, is I think back to that 3 nothing game with Urban Meyer. That's the coldest I've ever been in my life. And that was just <laughs> going from the parking lot to the press box. And, and those poor guys on the field, you know, that – that, you know, it stopped, stopped a lengthy scoring, you know, string of scoring games by BYU. It just was a three nothing game. And, you know, as boring as that sounds that I have a lot of memories, especially driving down to Provo today, you know, that'll be on my mind and I'm thankful that it's uh nice and hot out there today. So that game comes to mind. And then of course, all the, uh, the wild finishes, uh, you know, Harleen pass the, uh, Brandon Burton block I mean just go on and on I mean it's just it's been a fantastic series and and I hope that Utah and BYU uh, especially Utah I hope that Utah keeps this series alive because you know I think it's Utah's Notre Dame game every year it's the game everybody looks forward to yeah it's not a Pac-12 game that's obvious but the state loves it and the and the games have just been fantastic with you know with very few exceptions
1: who wins this game and why
3: all right, I knew that was coming. So was trying to protect <laughs> you know me, Dirk. <laughs> you know, i will trying to go to Provo today. They'll, they'll, they'll beat the tar out of me. But no, uh, you know, I think I'm going to drink the Kool Aid of the fact that BYU is still trying to find themselves right now, and you know, I, and that Utah's offense will take that next step. So, you know, I think it might go something along the lines of 35-13, uh, 35-14, somewhere along there. Just a little different than the tight games of the past, and that's totally because I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. That BYU needs to get their act together.
1: And maybe we'll all find out maybe if they are going to get their act together because it it's not easy schedule for them coming up here in the next couple of weeks as well. And so Dirk, you uh, are you and Brad Rock uh, riding down together in Provo? No, he's with Jay Drew. Right? You know, uh,
3: <laughs> have you ever been? Uh, Brad lives in Utah County now. You know, he moved. Oh. The, uh, Mason-Dixon line, so oh, man. yeah, I'm not allowed to go into his gated community <laughs> and pick him up. So I'll probably just be uh, going solo.
1: Well, I would, I would probably uh, grab grab a ride with you if I was heading down to the game, but I'll be enjoying the the game from the comfort of my own home.
3: You know, I'll clean. Up, if you were to come with me, I'd clean all the crown wrappers <laughs> out, clean the car up a little. Either that, or maybe you and I could just head over there and together, together and just add to the pile. I'm all right with that. I have no problem with that either, and that's probably <laughs> what I'm going to do. So.
1: All right, Dirk, always great catching up with you. We'll definitely have to do it again. Uh, ha- have fun uh, covering the game tonight.
3: Anytime, and thanks for having me on, guys. All right. Thanks, Dirk.
1: There you go. That's Dirk Facer of the Deseret News. That guy's awesome. awesome. Uh, covers the Utes. He does a great job. Check out his stuff at, at the Deseret News. Always great stuff from that man. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. Prediction time. Uh, I've already thrown it out on Twitter. You can tweet at us. I'm at ESPN 700 Trevor. Lauren, you're at, at ESPN 700 Lauren? Are we yep. going with that one?
2: Yes. Because
1: I know she has like five Twitter I handles. I have two. Okay, two. Come on. Well, she's probably thinking about another one for to get a third one, maybe for RSL tweets. <laughs> and then at JP underscore Chunga. You can also give us a call, 877 Phone lines are open until 1110 when Mitch Harper joins us. So fill up the phone lines. Let's get your predictions, get your thoughts on the game. You fans, are you nervous? That maybe BYU might surprise. BYU fans, are you nervous because of what happened down in New Orleans? Give us your thoughts. 877 353 0700. We'll get your predictions, your phone calls, your tweets, and our thoughts on the rivalry game. It's game day, people, and you'll hear the action all right here on your home of the Utes, ESPN 700. Welcome back into Sports Saturday here on ESPN 700. Rivalry game coming up tonight. You'll hear it right here on ESPN 700. It'll be seen on ESPN 2 at 815, as they say. But Bill Riley got the word. It's 821. But it could be even later if there's a game before that that is taken longer, which could happen.
0: See again why football isn't the best <laughs> TV-friendly sport. Exactly. <laughs>
1: hey you never know just saying
0: soccer says but also you're in at eight you're out at ten you're in at what whatever it is you got two hours the committee. only That's thing it. about Thank soccer you. that oh, i have a so beef great. with
1: the only thing i was soccer i have a beef with is why is a tie okay
2: because it's what the teams deserve
0: yeah sometimes when you play you can't separate things. Yeah. They they're playing at an equal mediocre level or they're playing at it at an equally high level. Yeah. Like there's a difference between the nil-nil tie, the scoreless tie, and then the four four or three three or the two two. Sometimes you deserve to tie. I don't I don't want to sit around for an eighteen inning game. No. I don't want to sit around for
1: a quadruple Baseball. opal time game.
0: You know, sometimes a tie is deserved for both sides.
1: I do want to sit around for a quadruple, apple, whatever (laughs) overtime game that you just said. I would love to. 18-inning baseball? No. That's not me. Especially especially if it's it's the the regular season. (laughs) No, in basketball, (laughs) it's different. It is.
0: It's the the same intellectual thing, the 18-inning game in a four-overtime basketball game. I'm just saying. I am saying that... (laughs) ties are okay they just aren't okay for some reason they just
2: aren't okay with americans with americans because
0: we don't like the metric system i'm just saying we don't like the metric system which is clearly superior (laughs) it it makes sense it's done by tens i mean come on america yes sometimes that american chauvinism (laughs) is not okay
1: warren you get this now as a co-host i hope you're happy at me i hope you're happy
2: hey i he's with me on the soccer stuff so i'm down
1: I know.
0: <laughs> Scott, I
1: think you and I might need to start our own show. You cool with that? Funk Man. I'm Do cool with it. Like- JP's way wrong. You don't, you don't like
0: You don't like the metric system, Funk Man?
1: No, he doesn't talk about the metric system. I think he's talking about the sports.
0: I know. I'm I'm just I'm I'm taking it out of sports. Let's talk about not sports for a second. Funk man. Metric system. Are you okay with it?
1: Alright. I, I don't I- care. <laughs> <laughs> you see, he doesn't care.
0: All right. That's, a, that's
4: okay I what mean-
1: about what about sports wise of what are you saying about soccer it's okay to tie
4: a quadruple overtime game in college football is probably one of the best things in existence
1: uh. Or what about basketball
4: could you imagine a quadruple overtime game in game seven of the nba finals that'd be awesome
2: See, but it has to be be playoffs. If it's going to be...
1: It has to be playoffs? Regular season, we're cool with...
2: For it to be... Or a game of some significance. That
0: means it was a good game. Uh, Does it? I agree with Lauren in that it has to be a playoff game. Or a
2: a game of some significance. It can be the Holy War. That's fine, because that's a game that should be pretty fun. But it can't just... It can't be any game
0: going to overtime. I don't want that's to see, so boring. Did you I don't watch want to see the Pelicans and Hornets <laughs> yeah. going to quadruple overtime. No one cares. Overtime.
4: Yeah, you're not going to see that though because it's not nationally televised.
0: But what about yeah. Hornets and Pelican <laughs> fans? Okay, so Hornets Jazz go to
1: quadruple overtime. I'm cool with that? that because guess what? No. Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins are there, and Rudy Gobert is going to be swatting them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just telling you guys. Yeah. So you didn't
4: enjoy that? What? What was it? Tennessee Virginia Tech.
1: I thought that was fun.
4: That game went to double overtime. You didn't think that was fun?
0: I thought it was way fun. JP, come on. I I am the uh, shrug emoji. It was the
4: first week of college football and you got a double
1: overtime game and you didn't like it.
0: You know, sorry, guys. Even
1: in in prep sports, there (laughs) was a six overtime game between Provo and Riverton. That is
2: when it's especially unacceptable. You have to call it. You have to no, go not prep, prep sports, high school sports. We're going to six overtime. What are we teaching these Stop kids? Stop it.
1: Hold on. What are we teaching these kids? That they deserve that to tie. It's okay to tie, guys. Yes. It's okay. Yeah,
4: okay, That's like participation trophies for everybody. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. No.
2: In this no, circumstance, no. it is prep sports. It is high school it's sports. prep sports. The parents you don't, don't do even that. want to be there that long. True fact.
4: Parents you don't want <laughs> to be in there in the first place. <laughs>
1: then leave.
2: <laughs> it's not fair to anyone to do six overtime. awesome. players are tired. The f- parents and the fans don't want to be there anymore. I'd love to see the attendance at the beginning of that game and at the end of that game. The, no one stayed. The exhaustion, I bet you everyone
0: stayed. The exhaustion point is also a good one because at some point the sport devolves
1: from yes. what it was in the who has more player. heart is what you look at am i right <laughs> who has <laughs> more heart like lauren that even
0: mean who has more heart that that is complete nonsense
1: who, who has more gas left in the tank and the will to win to be able to finish a six overtime game on top the will to
0: win the you will to win you don't think that the other team is trying to win as After, hard as the other hey, team in the certain six guys six
1: certain players could have that mindset oh i just don't care
0: they're throwing. It's it. over Why now. They um, have it?
1: I am. I am way too <laughs> tired. I'm done.
2: You know when they have that high school football high school and football. basketball yeah. where you shouldn't be going into six overtimes. It devolves from what it was. I can't originally. believe that happened. Oh, I'm so Did blown Lauren, away. Lauren, do you right not now. like PK kicks? Then no, I do.
4: <laughs> well, you got to go through overtimes to get there. See? Hold on. See?
2: No, 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 no. This is a completely different thing, and you have hit a sore spot, my friend. Prepare. <laughs> Prepare yourself. We- Soccer stop. Listen, listen, (laughs) soccer is 90 minutes on a very rare occasion, like a tournament. They will go to extra time if it is draw, if it is tied at the end of the game, extra time is 30 minutes. That's set. There is no golden goal. There is no additional time. If it is still tied at the end of extra time, then you go to penalty kicks. The longest soccer game you will ever have is like three hours. The longest football game you'll ever have is like seven. Now hang
1: on. Do you like when a game of that magnitude is decided by penalty kicks? I'm fine with it. By dudes who can kick a soccer ball against a goalie and that's it.
2: This is this is why I'm okay with it. Because anything can happen and if there is a team if it's a team that clearly should be winning the game but isn't, it's a punishment for them for not performing to the level they should be. I am totally fine with penalty kicks and it's only it,
0: extra it's only time in soccer
2: only adds like forty five minutes if it if it goes to PKs,
0: and it's the only way to do it because in soccer these guys are running eighteen miles. Oh my gosh! In, All it's nonstop during a game. You can't keep running that way with no. only three substitutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it passed the one hundred and twenty minutes. If you kept on going with extra time American style, it would be.
2: Twenty two people walking. Yeah. Yeah, Twenty two
0: people walking to get the ball. And it wouldn't even be soccer at the end of the game. If you
2: if you look at if you watch extra time in a soccer game, they're still tired. This is when the professional players they start cramping up in in the first half of extra time, in the first fifteen minutes. So there you go. Go get some burnout Okay,
4: Well hold up. (laughs) Hold up. You go through the whole game to shoot penalty kicks. That's like saying, Okay, guys in the NBA, we're not gonna do an overtime game. I'm just gonna put you at the free throw line hey. you what? should make these exactly you should make no. these should I know you guys them. are tired so we're just gonna put you at the free throw line I honestly think this basketball is... players run more than soccer players because in soccer <laughs> you always you always have people you always have at least someone standing you have people standing on the field at all times during soccer now, whether it's the defense wait, or the goalie wait, everyone's running
1: wait oh, no. in in soccer? in soccer
4: they run further
1: well, they definitely no, further, but you've got to be in way more shape for soccer because that's 90 minutes, Scott. Yeah. I it's know it's 90, but I just like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to side with you on that. I'm pretty sure you've got to be in great shape. I, I know you've got to be in great that's shape basketball soccer, I because I it's, it's not as long because you've also got timeouts. You've got TV timeouts. You've got halftime. You got, half got the end of the quarters. You've got plenty. Of, and plus, you also can only bring on three subs in soccer. In basketball, you can bring in as many subs I as guess, you want. I
4: guess, like, for what I'm trying to say with basketball for the running thing, it's, you have to do like more spurts of energy, I guess, in that sense. But like, that's not the point I was trying to get across. It was the whole, the whole PK th- kicks thing. I like them, but I I compare it to free throws. You should make a penalty kick, and you should make a free throw. So why not just do it at the beginning of the game if you're going to do that? But if just let them play it out to find a winner.
2: What you have to what you have to take into account here is fatigue. There's when you take penalty kicks at the end of playing 90 minutes and then playing an additional 30 minutes. You're mentally tired, you're physically tired, and things happen. I remember very vividly watching Real Salt Lake and the MLS Cup the year they won, 2009. Those penalty kicks, some of them from both teams, were pretty dang sad because they were so fatigued that they they couldn't. And you got to a point where there were defenders taking penalties and they never take penalties, but they had to because we were kind of you're getting down that line. It's
0: you, you do it. Donovan be, missed a penalty in that shootout. Yeah. I mean, at at, at that point, the fatigue takes over. And, yes. and that's why you have to you have to decide on penalty. Guess. And, and it's a pretty good indicator because it's. It, it accounts for the fatigue that you went through the entire game.
1: Yeah. By the way, I'm not saying that soccer is a bad sport. I'm just saying that there's some <laughs> things that you might need to change. There's there's no way that you're going to get me to say that soccer is stupid because it's not. There's And every sport has their flaws. Yeah. And everyone has their own opinions. Yes. But we just had like the Holy War edition I Sports Saturday in here just really now. really enjoyed it, that it, it segment. It got real. That it's was like, real fun. It got real. Yeah,
4: you go home. like, oh, who won the game? Uh, they tied. It both, was, te- it was, both teams <laughs> did good. <laughs> They died. zero zero. <laughs> is what
1: I've always yeah. said, people. Uh, you know, whenever when when I was when I was engineering RSL games, I would come home and I would talk to my wife. She's like, "Who won?" Oh, it was a tie. She's like, "Well, what was?" It? I'm like, zero, zero. Yeah, make it worse. she's no like, goals. "So how was?" It? I'm like, "Well, no one scored." Zero
2: zero 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 can <laughs> what, what be
1: say
4: a k a really how terrible. How long did can. you dry? How long did you say a game was? Ninety minutes. Yeah, hundred minutes. So pay. So basically, if it's a tie zero zero, I feel like I just wasted a hundred minutes of my life.
1: The
2: thing. And if you, that's I, only on zero this is, zero though. This if it's four where, four,
1: that's different. Yeah, this yeah. is where
2: knowing the sport comes into yeah. play because there can be very entertaining zero zero draws where there's still some some, some some wow phenomenal play. Nick Ramondo, who's kind of standing behind me,
1: the wall of the Wasatch.
2: <laughs> he, I mean, the saves that these goalies make in those types of games. There's still so many things that you can appreciate in a nil nil draw. I will admit especially when you get up at 530 to watch it <laughs> it can be really terrible yes. but it is what it is and if you just have to appreciate it in that way I don't know it's I appreciate it as a soccer player and a soccer fan
1: I didn't actually look at 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 the the cardboard cutout of Nick Ramondo until you just pointed him out and I feel like he's mad at me
2: he's he's kind of camouflaged into the wall he's he
1: disappointed in you I'm, I'm pretty sure he's, he's mad at me. <laughs> I don't like doing that. Cuz
2: you're talking crap.
1: I like I'm not ta- <laughs> I'm <laughs> well, gonna, have talking. Have you ever stupid? Just, <laughs> kidding. just saying. And by the way, people are actually tweeting in about this. Maybe <laughs> oh, we'll, they are. maybe we'll actually get to that I on the other side.
4: Have you ever been mad about a tie Lauren? Uh, yes. Or you're you're always pleased? Or
2: No, I there have been there've been plenty of draws I've been upset at, and but then not be- like, okay. but it's not because it ended in a draw. It's because again, my team didn't perform the way they should. And that's what they deserve, and that's frustrating. Something so then
4: at that point they deserve a loss.
2: No, they deserve the tie. That's what I'm saying. Because they didn't perform like they it. should have.
1: There, there is a team I know who is happy about getting a tie, and that's U.S. Men's National Team. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that it. That's better, one. It's better than because a loss. it's a World Cup qualifier. You couldn't lose that game. Anyway, here. Why don't Why don't we? Yeah, just, let's get to these tweets
2: after the break. Take a little bit of a breather, and we'll talk some more soccer. And we're gonna talk soccer next because that
1: we re, we we already had this designed to be talking soccer for Lawrence's uh, weekly soccer segment. We're
3: we're gonna, really we're gonna talk course. soccer next
1: here on ESPN Seven Hundred.
2: Yes, come in with the bangers because it is fiery in here we just had it got real we just had a really heated segment um talking about my favorite sports soccer you're listening to sports saturday on espn 700 um yeah tweet at us whether you think draws in general are okay in sports or ties sorry
1: um it's, it's the it's a soccer in it's a draw <laughs> it's a draw and it's also a pitch <laughs> and your boots and not your cleats yes
2: um Tweet at us. I'm uh, at ESPN 700, Lauren, at ESPN 700, Trevor, and at JP underscore Chunga. We want to hear your BYU-Utah predictions and your opinions on draw in sports. Uh,
1: People were just tweeting at us without even us asking on Twitter, which is awesome. I love it. I'm cool with that.
2: Um, Matt, at Yar, with a ton of R's. I love your handle, first of all. Mm. Second of all, we are not clowns. Come on, bro. Uh, Uh, At least I'm not. I'm a
1: clown.
2: <laughs> he tweeted us, uh, no ties in sports, uh, three reasons so- soccer is lame to watch, clock counts up, which what?
1: It's not a big w- deal. Why
2: is that? Well, that who cares? That,
1: that one doesn't bother me.
2: No one knows how much time is left. That is actually, I don't understand you, that point at all either because the players can see the board that has the timer on it. They can see how much time's left. And they also see the added time. Yes. People uh, that are watching on TV or in the stadium can also see how much time is left. The only time people don't know how much time is left is when they stop the clock at 45 or at 90 and they don't run the added time. That's the only time. And the players and the people in the stadium don't know TV how much do. more time there is, but the TV people do because there's a TV monitor in our booth and we can see because they keep counting on the TV. So I also don't understand that point ties. I mean, Go listen to the last segment. It's they're okay. okay but they're but then all right.
1: but then he goes in saying, "I love playing soccer," which is good. I just don't. but there must be a winner. Absolutely, must be a winner in sports. And, and I, I think that that's a point to a certain degree.
2: I respect that point because I I get it. You want you're watching a game. You want there to be an outright victor instead of being like, "Well, they drew, but my team was still the better team." Because you can't prove that if your
0: team drew. This so, I get it. This isn't a crusade for ties in no. every situation. Yeah. This isn't a crusade to start making you all enjoy the <laughs> beautiful nature of a 1 1 draw. <laughs> this is just saying that sometimes we can have ties for regular season games that have virtually no meaning on the entire spectrum of the sport. Yeah. In the playoffs, we are completely okay with you going to the overtimes, going to extra time. But for day 81 of the MLB season, game <sighs> six of the National Football League, there's no reason to go to overtime. That, that is all that we are, we are saying. We aren't trying to force this down your
1: Now, mind. hang on a minute. I, I kind of want to bring this up really quick, and then I'll let you guys get to your, to your soccer conversation. I'm not saying that in in sports, especially in Little League. Little League, I am completely cool with ties. Because guess what? Even in comp leagues, I'm I'm okay with that because you don't want to overwork the kids. Yeah. You don't want to do that. But when you're in college and when you're you're a pro, I will ask you guys this. Warren, you've interviewed pro athletes and, and college athletes. JP, you've also talked to pro and college athletes, right? Yes. Scott. You've talked to pro and college athletes, right? Yep. And as have I. What is the one thing they always want to do? Win. Win. Yeah. They never say, "Oh, I'm cool with going in and getting a tie."
2: Yeah. Well, and so, I mean, soccer players aren't either. It's a disappointing result for them. Yeah. But
0: but, but <laughs> I don't know what that proved.
2: It's more of a it's more of a motivator. I feel like you don't. The U.S. men's national team they were happy to take a point rather than none, but they wanted three points. Yeah. They're, so this is a motivation for them going into their next game in a month to really fight. Because if they don't get three points, they don't advance to the World Cup. Nobody okay. says tie on three. Yes. Okay. Anyway, let's get back <laughs> well, to soccer. Hold up. Let's get back. They to have them.
4: a month off. See, you guys brought the up. The U.S. Fa-
2: soccer team. You does. brought up
4: fatigue, though. If you've got a month no, off, no. no, no the bro, they're playing not be a in their problem.
1: league. Yeah, they're still no,
2: playing this in their isn't, league. Yeah, they're oh, okay. still playing. This is just a call. Nope, you're fine.
1: You're <laughs> I don't fine. know soccer.
2: Um, okay, so Warren
1: is your gal to teach you soccer.
2: Yeah, if you have any questions, come to me, please. Um, so let's just uh, briefly touch on some things. I got up at 5 o'clock this morning to watch Real Madrid play, and then Liverpool was playing at 5:30 against Manchester City. I get up thinking, "Oh, this is going to be a great game." <sighs> Sadio Mane I mean, no one knows who I'm talking about, but I'm going to educate you. He is a vital part of Liverpool's attack. Gets a red card. Very well deserved. It was a very nasty challenge. He will be suspended with further games because he kicked the goalie in the face. (laughs) And the goalie (laughs) was standing. It wasn't wasn't, uh, like he was on the ground. He was standing. It was a high kick and it was very dangerous. Um, Gets a red card. Liverpool loses 5-0. I went back to bed long before that game was over because I knew what way it was going. Um, So disappointing result for my teams this morning because Real Madrid drew 1-1. A circumstance where I'm not very happy with it because I got up at 5 o'clock to watch it.
0: But it happens. This is why I enjoy Liga MX. And MLS because I don't have to wake up so early. I don't have to wake up for these. <laughs> it's very, the pond. very, very fair. For games across the pond, that's why I DVR these games.
1: Uh, and just don't check your phone.
0: Well, I check it. I'm okay with, with these games being ruined. Like, I've seen the picture of Sadio Mane knocking into oh the. Oh, my gosh. The
1: Warren, goalkeeper. I, I kind of want to see this. You're going to have to this, show me during the break. I will.
2: The injury was so bad, they stretchered him off, but it wasn't just like. When they stretcher someone off and they're just like sitting loose in the stretcher, he was strapped in, yeah. arms across the chest. It was a very serious injury, and I I haven't had a chance to check and see where it's at. But anyway, uh, let's continue with things that actually people might care about, like Real Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. They are in Vancouver tonight. Uh, the last time these two teams met up was in April. It was Mike Petke's first game, and I remembered when I saw the weather report for this game, I was so disappointed because i was i knew that a lot of people weren't going to be wouldn't be coming because it was going to be so cold because it snowed mm-hmm. um but the atmosphere was amazing i i really wanted the atmosphere to be great on pecky's first game and it was absolutely incredible because the people who were there were the true fans and they they made it a, mi- a night to remember it was absolutely incredible three zero win uh real salt lake's Tweeted a video of Silva throwing a snowball during the game. Like, playfully, it wasn't malicious. But uh, the last time these two teams won, Real Salt like or met, Real Salt like won 3 to 0. Um, and it and it's it's snowed push. in April. It snowed in April. When welcome, does that
1: happen? Welcome to Utah, everybody. That, okay, people say that Mother Nature in Utah is bipolar. That's taken bipolar to the next level.
2: I know. Next level is when, in like 2000. Nine two 2008 it snowed in June
1: yeah that was ridiculous
2: um anyway so they're on their playoff push next week we will be giving away a ton of tickets to Real Salt Lake hosting Portland Timbers next Saturday uh so be sure to tune in for the game tonight support Real Salt Lake on their playoff push they really need to uh continue the on this corner they've turned to make it
1: Uh, They will be on Rewind 100.7 because of the Utah game being here on ESPN 700. So you will not have Bill Riley. I believe you'll have... Jay
2: Nolly and Gov.
1: Okay, Gov and Jay Nolly will be on the call on Rewind 100.7 FM. So make sure you remember that if you're a Real Salt Lake fan.
2: Also, real quick, I know we need to get to break, but I've said this so many times. If you are someone who wants to get into soccer, Champions League is a great place to start Mm -hmm. because it's some of the best teams in the world. And that starts...
1: This week, and it's midday. So you and don't it's ha- midday. You don't have to wake up. for Hey, it. Scott, it's great. You want to get into soccer? Just what they said. It
2: starts Tuesday, twelve forty-five on Fox. The best Sports. in the world. It's um, there's so many games to watch. I mean, teams like Manchester United, Paris Saint Germain, uh, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Madrid, Liverpool. These are all teams that are playing, and they're playing against each other. It's not they're not confined to their leagues. So if if soccer is something you want to get into and learn more about, and and enjoy watching champions league is a good place to start. uh, And I highly recommend you look up that schedule and figure out what works for you because champions league is super fun to watch.
1: By the way, if anybody out there is, I mean, I guess they're in Scott's boat. You don't really know much about soccer. Maybe you want to try it and see what it's like. And you have questions about maybe rules or something like that. Hit up Warren at ESPN 700. Warren, I go to her all the time for rules about soccer. So she, she's been around it. She it's in her blood. Same with JP, right? you Are are you a soccer fanatic?
0: I'm a big soccer fan. I love it. At oh, JP so underscore
1: Chunga. So both of them. So I'm surrounded by soccer people, which is Yay. awesome because we are the home of RSL. Oh, I've, I've covered RSL for seven so years, so I'm cool with it. So go ahead and tweet at them. Uh, we got a break yeah. because we're going to get back to the rivalry game. But we might ask Mitch Harper of ESPN 960 <laughs> if he's okay with a tie in sports. But we're not going to go on a tangent with that. Although, that was heated. If you want to go back and listen to that, we'll have that podcast posted later uh, on our website. All right. Coming up next, Mitch Harper of ESPN 960. We're going to get the BYU side of the Holy War. This is Sports Saturday on ESPN 700. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Ooh, a
2: book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
4: Ah, oh,
1: sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.